Welcome to Riverdale. Fucking all over the goddamn place. Uh, this is Welcome to Riverdale, a Carefree Black Nerd review show. We will be reviewing the fourth episode of Riverdale on the CW entitled The Last Picture Show. Look, for this episode, I don't know. I, I got notes. I'm gonna try to get through them. I doubt I'll be able to, but um, it, it, this shit. Okay, um, we open up, I think it's a week later, Jughead's still writing his novel, he's narrating, whoop-de-woo, all that good shit, um, and Betty, for some odd reason, now has a diary, something that has not been established throughout this entire series, but let's go with it. Um, Jughead is very adamant about, uh, not shutting down this drive-in that, again, we've never heard about, but, you know, whatever, we get it. Betty, first of all, why does she keep a damn diary? I don't understand that. Um, like a physical diary. I mean, do what you want, but is there not an electronic one? Or maybe it's just safer, but this whole diary thing seemed very 80s, 90s, teen movie-ish. Um, and I don't buy it coming from her. I mean, I guess I, I don't know, whatever. So... I guess my issue isn't even with her having a diary. It's why do you have a diary that's a physical diary when you have a mom like yours? Like, clearly Mommy Dearest will be in that room tearing up that diary. That's something I foreshadowed from the time that she said, Dear Diary. I already knew this was going downhill from there. So, spoilers. For a spoiler, her mama find that goddamn diary. Uh, Archie and his dad are at Grundy's. I don't know. Springtime Jubilee Jazz Fest Pavilion I don't know Concert I don't know what the hell Was going on But uh She's playing a little instrument And Fred insists that he show up Archie didn't want him to Of course Cause he wanted to Fuck his teacher again Um All that aside I felt like there maybe Was some type of Romance Budding Between Fred and Grundy Um Not so much now but he insists that uh, that he and Archie take her out to dinner. Now, I don't know what the hell is going on. I understand it's a TV show, but the concept of time seems to be all over the place. I think because I can't... First of all, we've never seen these motherfuckers in class. They're always in the, the student lounge, in the cafeteria, or hanging out some goddamn where if they're not in science class. So, I don't have a firm grasp on throughout the day we're in class and then towards the night we have these events because they just walk around the goddamn halls of the school that being said it's daytime when they invite Grundy for dinner and then the next scene we at the chocolate shop with Jughead, Betty, Veronica and Kevin sitting in the booth <sighs> Jughead is understandably pissed about losing his job uh, but it seems to be so much more than that he has this poetic way of saying Oh, this is a staple of the community, blah, blah, blah. Ain't nobody trying to hear that shit. Jughead, fuck that drive-in. And Veronica says, in the age of Netflix, which is true, 
who the hell needs to go to a drive-in and sit in their car which is something nostalgic it's cute we could do that but that comment from Veronica seemed very very meta in the sense that this show <laughs> I think is uh, on Netflix every week overseas or it will be released on Netflix soon as it ends here in the States um but so if there's anyone listening who's uh <laughs> I don't know out of the country hey y'all <laughs> but um so he's pressed about this job of course Veronica mentions the Netflix thing which is as cute or whatever and Kevin oh my god I'm trying to like him he's such a weird character for me because I've seen gay characters in other shows and I'm trying to chalk it up to the nostalgia quirky factor of traditional Archie meets new millennial modern age teen dramas but I just I'm not feeling Kevin like I'm not uh, he's weird no 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 he's boring to me um, he says um, you know they point out that Archie Grundy and Fred walks into the chocolate shop and Betty hops up right away to go address it I think this is before um, oh actually this is after we get the new storyline which is Cheryl versus Hermione uh, because of course Hermione is still working in the the, the chocolate shop and she goes to, <laughs> to get Cheryl's money and Cheryl <laughs> has this dialogue talking about oh I wouldn't allow you know Veronica to be on the Vixes if I know her mother was such I don't know something some generic ass mean comment but she stops her and says um yeah make sure all this money goes into the register we know uh you lodges have sticky fingers or something and the thing that I like about this scene not even is um is it Hermione's comeback which is this it was okay but Veronica hopped her ass up out that seat right away and I don't I know it's part of the show and it's part of her character but it's very indicative of something that would have happened with me and I'm sure a lot of people listen to this show and a lot of people who I've known growing up cousins friends or whatever you about to come for somebody mama you about to get that ass beat right away and it was so I don't know that scene it may have been like a throwaway thing where it's just oh she defends her mom but the way in which it happened as quickly as it did as quickly as Veronica hopped up in her little I don't know couture shawl jacket something that's extremely mature for her damn age um and she was ready to essentially go to blows it's like god damn I'm I've uh, been team Veronica since this show started but I'm I'm liking her a little bit more uh in this particular episode but uh, after that we noticed that uh the oddest trio in the world comes in and so Betty walks over to Archie like look motherfucker um let me talk to you and Betty <clears throat> I like her and I've liked her this entire sh- season and she got some shit going on that I think she definitely needs to deal with but Betty is nothing if she's not a good friend uh cause it seems like she's been putting herself out to accommodate other people consistently now that is a character flaw and it's I guess a, a good thing cause you're helping your friends but um he's like oh, okay I'll, I'll see it's good much like no nigga um come on it's some shit about school let's talk outside now this is where I am um 
very confused at how things work in Riverdale because first of all time seems to be all off but not even time but volume because Betty and Archie are outside talking she's like look nigga is this something you want to tell me because uh clearly there's something going on he's like oh oh no what, what did I tell you I don't know okay dummy she confronts him about Grundy and that's not even the important thing because he and her are maybe a foot away from each other Veronica is like at the front door of the chocolate shop which is like a mile away and she hears <laughs> Betty confront him about sleeping with Grundy but later on in the uh, episode when she is kind of light years away from her mom and this shady character she can't hear what's being said it's like i don't know i, I mean i get this it, tv but it, it seems so weird because i'm like how in the hell would you hear that when you're 900 miles away from this conversation um but yeah <clears throat> excuse me uh i'd like to say at this point i i love 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 jughead cole sprouse is doing an amazing job with that character he's fucking annoying this particular episode with good reason but he's annoying as hell he's not the same jughead not my jughead hashtag not my jughead he's not the one from the episodes before but um so betty is confronting him about the relationship and this is a scene I really enjoyed because it's it's that traditional um, Archie, Betty, and Veronica trope of them and their constant drama. But it's it's within reason because it's I feel like the show wants you to feel as if Betty is doing too much or she's being too um, intrusive or she's like not minding her business that she needs to be, but logically speaking if this was a real thing that happened and your friend found out it's smart because not only is it is it odd that they're having a relationship him and this teacher but aside from that Grundy was at the river's edge the day that Jason um, was shot or whatever during the the 4th of July Archie was there as well Archie lied to the sheriff so if we can even put aside the affair for a second Betty seems like she's the only person with her head on straight. Anybody who's questioning this damn relationship that should have been a secret, but now half the goddamn cast knows about this relationship. It, this is just such a weird, weird state to be in, and this just further proves that Archie is boring as shit. He is... <sighs> the show is good with without him. Like, this Grundy Archie storyline... And first... Uh, can we admit that Grundy is ugly? Grundy is... Not that that has any bearing on her teaching ability or her acting ability, but next to all these other characters, I don't... Aesthetically, she's not... Whatever. Grundy is ugly. Um, but Archie is boring, and Archie is trash. Um, so... <clears throat> excuse me he says um he's like trying to get her to mind her own business and get back up from veronica which is like why do you think veronica would back why do you think anyone everyone who you have who've you've told or who've discovered this relationship between you and grundy have been adamantly against it why in the hell would veronica maybe is it because she's this bad girl from new york why would she support this trash ass relationship like, I don't get it. Because y'all kissed in a closet once, or because she's a fast girl from New York, or, I don't know, because she's more worldly. Like, I didn't get that. That was odd. So she's like, no, nah, look, motherfucker. Uh, no, Betty has a point. Why the fuck? What the hell are y'all even doing? And this whole Archie wants to 
stay with Grundy and, and let them have this relationship and yada 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 it doesn't feel earned because I've seen them have sex and have music lessons and have drama but I don't even feel like Archie wants this relationship like I know the show is telling us this but it doesn't feel that way I don't know maybe because <clears throat> I don't like Grundy and I think her acting is very odd especially placed into this universe around all these other characters who seem to move so smoothly in and out of scenes Grundy is she always pulls me out of the show she's weird she's very weird and I guess that gets explained later on in the episode but I don't buy it she's she's odd um Veronica says, what is she to you? Your um something something she says she's your booty tutor and it's like they come up with the oddest shit. But um Alice pulls up to collect Betty, but I'm trying to figure out if Alice is like the top news person in town and she's breaking all these stories and clearly this is something she's done for a while, why in the fuck is she driving this station wagon? Now this isn't station wagon hate. This is I get this is a nostalgic show, you got people driving like Beatles and you know old school cars but for her to is that to drive home the point that they're not as wealthy as the Blossoms or is it just is this like a status symbol for their poverty although their house is just as big as everybody else's houses in the neighborhood like it's it was such a weird thing to see her driving a station wagon I don't know but I'm still not team um mommy dearest but I kind of am again after this episode. I kind of poked my head into the, the team meeting of Team uh, <laughs> of team Mommy Dears, but it, it, I, you'll see why in just a few. Um, so Archie is, like, reconciling his relationship with Grundy. Um, and there's a scene where Betty interviews... <laughs> where she interviews Grundy, and it seems like Betty is the only person in this town doing work like it's not anyone else's responsibility to take care of Archie or to um, uncover mysteries and shit but it seems like Betty is the one who is most active in doing more things in this entire show Um, she she gives Grundy this interview about um, who is she you know where she come from because before a year ago there was no record of her (coughs) and um she says, well, who did you teach before? Because we know you're teaching Archie. She said, Jason, which that fucked me up. When I first heard it, I damn near hopped out the bed. Um, and another char- character, Tomoko Yoshido. And I don't know if this is a traditional Archie character or if this is, you know, just the name that they threw in. Um, although this was kind of a throwaway line, I'm hoping this Tomoko Yoshido person pops up because... Um, I don't know, just because, because that's more, if we're going based off the name solely, that's more representation on the show, and it's not just Reggie being the Asian character who's the meathead asshole or whatever, but um, she uh, makes the comment like, oh, he was pretty cute, wasn't he? And Grundy's, oh, I don't think of my students like that, and it's just, ugh, everything about Grundy's face is, she looks like Skeletor to me, she looks like, like her nose like the thinness of her face like I just Grundy pulls me out of this show and I do not care for her I don't, ugh, I don't know <laughs> but um 
So we get to this Veronica and Kevin setting a date in the student lounge because, hell, there's no classrooms in this school um, to go to the drive-in for the one last showing that Jughead is going to put on before it's closed because it's been bought by an anonymous uh, donor, whatever. So before we get into this scene, can we get into Cheryl walking, stumping, runwaying through the damn... Uh, student lounge with this get me bodied ponytail and this um, unnecessary wardrobe change as she <laughs> as she like exposes Hermione to uh, Veronica but I saw this and I was like what the fuck like are they I'm trying to figure out what is the direction with these characters like in one scene they'll look very traditional RG like I don't know preppy little students and then they'll like turn on a dime for certain scenes like the break-in scene from before Cheryl is always supposed to be the edgy one where I guess Veronica is the more mature sophisticated looking one but this ponytail on the top of her head and I <laughs> and I'm not gonna dive too deeply into this but it seems like <laughs> I don't want to say appropriation but it just seems so odd to have this Cheryl looking like this. I don't know I don't know maybe because I <laughs> just saw Beyonce perform in uh this chair stunt with these uh 12 living bodies inside her stomach <laughs> but this um this scene was so weird like I you wanna maybe not you want to maybe just me I wanna like Cheryl and I do because I do like a villain um but she's not always compelling as a villain she's sometimes very boring and this I don't know fight against Hermione that she has going on which is essentially against Veronica because she needs to check her about the social hierarchy and who is who and where you stand it's like girl this is Riverdale shut the hell up your brother is dead you need to be focusing on other shit like um but she exposes that the mom and a south side serpent have been I don't know canoodling or whatever the word is and it's weird to me one thing I can appreciate about this show is that when the South Side Serpents do show up, they aren't, um, their score isn't a hip-hop track, which so many other shows do, to show that, oh, these are the bad guys. And it's not even a rock music type of score, since these are predominantly white characters. Um, the South Side versus... I guess north side or east. I don't know where's Riverdale is it the north side of town is it the east side is it downtown like is Riverdale everything but the south side and then the south side is just undesirables and deplorables I don't know um but it's I'll get into that later but Veronica confronts her mom she's like hey you know blah blah whatever this is what I heard and her mom is sitting up very Olivia Popish in her little diner outfit drinking wine which is I understand that they own this condo maybe I'm out of the tax bracket to understand how all this works but for somebody that has to work in a diner I would imagine the bills of a condo may supersede the pay grade for the diner I could be wrong but it mm, I like the juxtaposition of her wearing this diner maid looking outfit in this glamorous looking home that she's in and it, you know, reinforces that she's doing what she has to to take care of her family. But it just, it's not always convincing to me. Um, but that's just a little pet peeve of mine. I feel like I might be nitpicking with that. But uh, Hermione sits her down and is like, look, this nigga, I'm from Riverdale. Like, yeah, they might be from the bad part of town. Which they keep 
harping on is that the south side is just this horrible part of town. Like, what? Oh, that just seems so generic. But she's like, look, I went to school here. They might be bad people, but I know these motherfuckers, bro. Whatever, whenever I ever lied to you. And this is where I have to um, differentiate or kind of split the timeline almost into two different shows because now this seems to be, on one hand, a teen drama and it's you know filled with all the traditional teen drama stuff but with the adults and their storylines getting fleshed out a little bit more um it's like we're watching a teen drama and a soap opera and it's i don't know i grew up watching soap operas um watch them with my granny watch them being home over the summer uh my most favorite absolute favorite one is passion so if anybody on here know about it tweet me you know what I'm saying tweet me carefully blurred we can get into this passions talk but it's having seen soap operas like traditional soap operas and uh ooh, um is it telenovelas like the Spanish soap operas and then the like 90210s and um and the uh I don't know, Melrose Places and all those, it seems like we're watching two different shows or we're watching a soap opera fully fleshed out. I don't know. Let me know what you think. Um, but I really I really enjoyed this. So I think this is where the show kind of split for me. And hopefully this carries on to the rest of the season because I do like to focus on the children. But because this is about Riverdale as a whole, the stories about the adults being more... Um, getting more screen time especially robin Givens. like i i i appreciate that and i'm looking forward to more of it uh but yeah she confronts her mom her mom's like girl i ain't never lied to you blah whatever then this scene which is i don't know if it's my favorite yet we'll figure it out by the end of this of this episode but mayor mccoy and her black ass sitting up olivia pope annalise keating style with that form-fitting dress in her office when in walks hermione these two badass women of color doing this shady ass deal for the uh, for the driving and I'm like oh my god it's a short scene compared to others but it's very much like look she walk in with this inflated H&M bag that's full of paper <laughs> this big ass bag full of money which I don't know if that's read as the bag that Harem left for Hermione in the very first episode because if so now that I think about it it makes sense that the diner job would be the thing that she's doing to keep because I was like if you have this bag of money why are you even working this job why are you working at all but why are you working this job I assume that money was to help take care of finances for the Lodge family but now if that bag of money that he sent in the first episode was to buy the drive-in that makes sense that it's for a long-term goal and not some everyday pay your bills until I can get out of jail so um, I think I'm I think I'm with this storyline now a little bit more than before but that whole oh man I don't know that yes, that scene was everything shit um and then okay Jughead comes in pleading his case about not closing the diner but it's a staple of the diner the um the drive-in it's a staple of Riverdale and she's like look motherfucker that's cute and all but fuck your old story Riverdale is changing we don't give a damn about that shit now get your little pale skinny ass out of my fucking office that's not what she said that's what she should have said that's the way I saw it but um I don't want to say that there's a privilege there because I feel like even if the mayor was male Jughead would still be on this um campaign to save the drive-in but something about this scene read odd to me or off 
not in a bad way, but just I think for my my personal my personal lens, not the show itself. Um, I'll kind of try to tie that up a little bit later, but the oh, tuh, and this like the the show was full of these little pieces of scenes that made this like one of the better shows for me because I thought three was fucking amazing. Um, four for me is really only lacking because there was no Josie, there was no Valerie, there was no Melanie, there was no Pussycat Dolls. But I'll take that uh that uh mayor scene. But here we get uh Nancy Drew and friends, <laughs> Betty and Veronica confronting Archie with the knowledge that Grundy is not real. Like she hasn't been real for a year. This is the only time she's been alive. They show her um this obituary for a woman and they say this is the only Grundy we know when she died seven years ago which hello anybody who know about Archie comics the actual old elderly Miss Grundy the teacher from the comics that's a picture of that lady um, uh, on the obituary or on the news article or whatever so I thought that was a cute little touch um, for anyone who isn't familiar with Archie it's just like you know it serves this purpose it shows that this is an old lady who she probably stole her identity from but for those of us who are a little bit more familiar it's like okay i see you easter egg or whatever so now um and they also later on we find out that betty and veronica finds a gun in um in grundy's car and so now i'm thinking did grundy kill this old lady well no because they said she died seven years ago so I won't even touch that but I thought it was cute that they brought the real Miss Grundy into the show in that odd kind of cameo um Archie says um something something oh she's not whatever she's not dangerous I'm with her and again this may be a stretch but when Archie said I'm with her all I thought about was this last election cycle with Hillary and I was like okay when did they shoot this um season and did it line up with uh, pre-election night and was that Archie's way of saying this show is like democratic like I don't know maybe I'm thinking too much into it but he said I'm with her and that stood out to me so <laughs> maybe that's my liberal ears and my fascist liberal eyes that took it the wrong way <laughs> but I, that stood out to me when he said I'm with her um, but Archie begins to question, question Grundy um, because apparently they can't go to the drive-in, so they're having their little drive-in movie night at her house on a projector screen, and she's like, oh, well, you know, um, I went to Juilliard, no, I didn't always want to be a teacher, this and that. Now, this thing, for me, um, kind of reinforced that Archie is an asshole, and he's boring, because he's like, um, he says to her, like, we've always talked about me, we never talk about you, blah, whatever, we're always talking about my music, and for them to have had this affair since let's say mid-June because they went for the picnic on July 4th so we'll say June um and now it's August assuming well did homecoming happen let's say it's September I don't know what when the fuck it is but you've been with this woman all this time and we're gonna remove the fact that she's a teacher and just focus on them being in a relationship you've spent all this time with this woman and you've never inquired about her that seems kind of odd in any type of relationship, gay, straight, bisexual, pansexual, or otherwise. How are you with someone for months and you only talk about yourself and that's fine by you? Even as a high school student, dating a high school student, there's no way you would only talk about yourself. That's strange. So 
I don't think that was intended by the writers or by the show, but it's just, for me, further proof that Archie is one of the worst characters on the show. I mean, he's a necessity. He's a necessary evil. But, again, yes, this woman is your teacher, and yes, she's grown, but if we remove that and you're in a relationship with her, how in the fuck have you been in a relationship all this time and it's only been about you and then the sex y'all have and everything else, but it's only been about you? She's like, look, but whatever, this is what happened. This storyline to me has gotten to be so boring because it's like, this is such a real thing that happens and it's so, but people seem to be focusing on other things that are adjacent to the relationship. Like, Grundy being at the river's edge or um, Archie missing the road trip and it's like you're not focusing on the fact that he's sleeping with this teacher like that's kind of the bigger deal to me but it I don't know it's it just this is boring and I'm ready for this to end like this is Grundy is looks like a skeleton and Archie's stupid and this relationship they have is unconvincing uh, Grundy's acting is not now as an I don't like her. I don't like this storyline <laughs> ended. But um, he's questioning her, and she's, like, giving him little tidbits here and there. And it's boring to me because it's not as dark as I thought they would have went with this storyline. Because I'm thinking she's doing all this to save her ass. It comes out later why she's so weird. But I still don't feel like it paid off. Um, Veronica, 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 yeah. Veronica, I ship it. <laughs> Betty and Veronica break into Grundy's car. Um, and then my thing is, oh my God, come on, Grundy. She um, has an ID that says Jennifer Gibson. Now, if you're going to change your identity and move away and start a new life, why in the hell would you keep your old ID? And then if you're going to do it, why in the hell do you have it in this small-ass tackle box in your car? This isn't even a safe. Like... I get that you're in Riverdale of all places, but god damn, this is, I don't know, this is weird. So they break in and they find that, but they also find a gun, which leads us to think now she's already tutored Jason. Could she have killed him? We know that there was a gunshot heard, and we know that that gunshot on the 4th of July was actually Dilton. And we know that Jason was killed a week later, on the 11th roughly. So could Grundy have tied up Jason and killed him? Like, Jason is a redhead. Maybe she was obsessed with him, just like Polly was, and fell into this relationship with Archie. Because now that I think about it, if Grundy was dealing with Jason in the same way she's dealing with Archie, well, it kind of makes sense that she stopped him that day. You know, one tall, pale redhead that you're in love with or having a physical relationship with, he's gone. So now, or maybe he, they ended the relationship. Anything could have happened, but you're not. You don't have him to satisfy that itch anymore. What's the next best thing? It's Archie. He's tall. He's um, pale, white, whatever. He has the red hair. He's on the football team. Him and Jason live such parallel lives that maybe there's something there to her killing Jason getting him out the way and moving on with uh with Archie. So I don't I don't know. I'm I'm thinking maybe Grundy did something hell. Um but it comes out and <clears throat> excuse me, Veronica <clears throat> Yes. Let's get into Veronica who does not know how to dress down. They go to break into this woman's car. I don't know. I guess I expected them to dress in all black like last episode. Maybe that would be, you know, too tired to repeat it, but she's wearing this magnificent Chanel Elizabeth Taylor white diamonds outfit and she as they break into the car um 
But yeah, they find an ID that says Jennifer Gibson that she owns a gun. Um, again, since Jason died a week later, maybe Grundy killed him. And I'm thinking because it comes out later that Grundy um, says, you know, why she has a new identity and everything. She has an ex-husband. I'm thinking maybe he has something to do with it. You know, maybe he found Jason and her together and killed him, and then she just moved on. I don't know. But um, one th- another thing I'm trying to figure out is why these motherfuckers always out so late. If just last episode Fred is telling Archie, I don't want you out late, you know that until we find out who killed Jason. These kids are like, fuck that, you know it's midnight, it's half past midnight, it's dark as shit. We about to walk around like it's you know nobody's business, which is okay because nobody else has died. But it's like y'all don't really seem to think there's a threat here that somebody killed a student and we still hanging out like it's nothing um um we get to Jughead versus Fred where he's like oh you know you can't give me a week to wait and you know don't shut down the drive-in by whatever uh and he's like look nigga you know everybody need money that's a big contract my people need this money and Jughead makes the comment and this is where I think the privilege comes in he's like well you know um you put my dad out of work and I'm, I'm like okay I'm, I'm with you Jughead what did he do did you know did he have a vendetta against your dad but then Fred says well Jughead I'm sorry but your dad was stealing materials from me or from the company and he's like oh you put one um you put my dad out of work why don't you put it put me out of work too and I'm like nigga your dad was a criminal he was a thief he stole from his job most people who steal from their job and it gets found out they usually lose their job be it retail be it construction be it I don't know teaching that's that's an offense like I, I'm not with you Jughead I was with you up to this point and I get why he's so adamant about keeping the drive-in open but sir you you can't just walk into this like that's where what Josie said last episode which is um you know we have to claw our way into rooms you can just walk in and out of for me I was thinking if Jughead was black this scene wouldn't have went this way and then maybe me coming from my own personal biases but it just read as you privileged motherfucker who are you to stop these people like I get it this is something that you want but these people need to make a living too everybody else needs to eat yes this is how you make a living but you're a high school student go get another job this is not your career you tortured artist the hell out of here with your ugly hat I am still team Jughead though (laughs) but um so Hermione and Mayor McCoy um that scene I want to see more of this um, And but Hermione's like okay but whatever this is money for your campaign I don't know when campaign season is When if McCoy got her black ass into office and Josie exposed that uh, she got all that hate mail and people didn't want her there I would assume she needs that money to you know do whatever you do to get back in office again or to go for a second term so i'm i'm all for it i don't give a damn about the shady deal if the shady deal lets us see these uh sickening ass women of color on screen doing a fucking do and being shady and fucking giving me almost hints of like dallas and dynasty and all these other old ass shows i'm good with it make more shady deals hell tear down the school if you need to i don't give a damn (laughs) but um Archie, um, he gets the, this is, then we get the backstory from Grundy where she had an abusive husband and I don't want to make light of 
what the character went through because she said she had an abusive husband. Uh, he got drunk, came home one night, beat her up, and she, you know, she got away. But the only thing that bothers me about this is that I, I can't take this as being true, and I don't want it to be like, oh, the victims have to prove themselves that much more because it's not that for me. Grundy is a shady ass character to begin with. I believe in Cheryl more than I believe in Grundy. So the story she's telling him, I can almost, I can believe it because I even thought that maybe she's in witness protection, but her behavior, even being Miss Grundy, to me does not, oh, and it's not for me to say that she wasn't a victim of this abusive husband, but I don't. I think it was like that backstory is just a sympathy factor to get you like on her team or to kind of wrap up why she's been the way she has, but I still don't buy it. I'm not, and I'm trying to set aside my biases against her because it's, we know at this point, 30 something minutes in, I don't like Miss Grumpy. <laughs> so I'm going to take that as fact that she had the abusive husband and X, Y, and Z, but the fact that she's still carrying around like stuff from her past like I don't know I don't feel like um, if this being an actual situation I'm qualified enough to address it but being in the fictional universe of Riverdale it just seems weird that you go through all this trouble to escape your abusive husband you come to this new place you start this relationship with this one and possibly two um, high school boys and then you still carry pieces of your past with you and then with you in your car which is a little bit more personal than just like keeping it in the attic or under your bed because like your car you're you travel with your car that's what you do um so it was it was i don't know i'm i'm going to accept it as wrapping up her story and giving you insight to her but it's just still odd i don't know but archie of course she says oh you know and i went through all this and then i moved here and then i met you i'm like okay girl you laying it on pretty thick okay but uh, we get to Sheriff Keller where Kevin walks in in his little members-only jacket, gives his dad his coffee, like, look, can I borrow your truck? You want to go to the drive-in? And his dad says, is there not a nice gay kid at your school? Which Kevin says, me, dad, I am. Which, um, after that kind of cute father-son exchange, we get to Sheriff Keller, who is the sheriff, saying, um, no cruising guys tonight. Let's stop right there. For anyone who doesn't know, cruising guys or cruising in general in this instance or whatever is the PG version going out in suspect areas looking for sexual conquest, be it in the park or in a dimly lit area. I bring up that because... Sheriff brought up that, but that seems odd that you're mentioning this to your teenage high school son, and you're the sh- that's isn't that illegal to have sex in public? Like, don't you see this on movies and TV shows where this happens, and then the police shows up, flashing their lights, and then the culprits get arrested? I, is it not weird that the sheriff of the town is giving this speech to his son in such a lax way that this seems to be normal well we know we caught um kevin and moose in the first episode i guess that's cruising or hooking up or whatever it's some variation of it but does does that not ring strange to everyone else like it was kind of a throwaway line or it happened so quickly and then we moved to the next scene but i'm thinking 
why in the, what the hell? <laughs> you, like, imagine telling your teenage daughter, don't go around cruising or fucking dudes in the park tonight. Like, what is going, what is going on? Um, but whatever, move past that. Hal and Alice, aka Mommy Dearest, they confront Fred. Now, Alice is intense, and she is crazy as hell, but for me, the show wants you to not like her, but this redeemed her, this episode, because in part, well, okay, they uh, confront Fred, they're like, look, uh, Betty and Archie don't need to be friends, their relationship ain't really working out, I need you to do your part to make sure and we're gonna do our part, Fred's like, you know, I got a nice son, she says, I see him sneak out every night, and he's like, are you spying on us? Eh, whatever, that's cute, but I feel like Alice is doing her job as a parent like she you may think she is a bitch or she's overbearing or she's too intense but at the end of the day we cannot forget that one of her children as far as we know is in a mental institution she had a break or she went crazy or whatever i hope i'm not being problematic with my language but she had a breakdown that put her in a mental institution it's not too far removed to think that this may be something that could be hereditary. Even if not, she has another daughter who she's trying to take care of. Archie is a threat to that. She sees in her mind, which I think with good reason, Archie is a horrible-ass person, but that he is not good for her daughter. And you can keep saying, like Betty is, I'm not Polly and he's not Jason, but the parallels are there. She's watching her daughter act out and be a different person than she has or that she had been so far or that she thinks her daughter should be now that can be overbearing it could be oh you're smothering me but at the end of the day this is a mother taking care of her child so i don't i wasn't on her team last episode because she was crazy as fuck but even now i'm 50 50 kind of there kind of not because she's just a parent and her and the dad how like he seems to be so lax about everything like he is I don't want to say spineless. He's like, she's more dominant in their relationship. And it seems like he is just kind of going with the flow. He's very soft-spoken. And she's like, look, this is our child. Archie is a threat to our child. We need to take care of that threat. Which I think, I'm I'm for it. I know. So, if you don't like Mommy Dearest, then that's fine. But I like her. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um later on we see that um alice is going through um like folding the clothes and stuff and putting clothes in betty's room <clears throat> which i think is odd well not odd but in all the rooms that we've seen in this house we've we've never seen polly's room and we haven't seen the parents room either um alice and hal but i think for polly having being the older sister and being off at the mental institution and spending a lot of time in betty's room it just seems like we would have some experience or some visual of Polly's space, but maybe that'll come later. <clears throat> but Alice finds a gun in Betty's drawer, which again, for me, reinforces that there's nothing wrong with uh, with Alice. She's being a parent. So she goes through rummaging through Betty's things. She finds her journal, her diary, which again, for me, it almost seems as if she's done this before. Or that she instinctively knew to think about, okay, a diary. My daughter has, my 15, 16 year old daughter has a fucking gun, loaded or not, in her underwear drawer. What the fuck is going on? So for me, 
we don't know a lot about Polly outside of she was in a relationship with Jason and it went downhill, but we don't know the details surrounding that. So I'm on her team. I find a gun in my niece and nephew's drawer or my daughter's, my 15 year old daughter's drawer. I'm going to have an, an issue with that. I'm going to try to figure out what the fuck are you doing with a goddamn gun? Um, so, um, let me see. We go to the drive-in. Cheryl jumps into the back of the cab with Kevin and Veronica. Let me wrap this up really quickly. Short version of this is everyone's at the drive-in. Hermione and Fred are together. Hermione has her phone on 11, apparently, because it rings. And she's like, oh, I need to go get some food. And he's like, okay, I'll go with you. Oh, no, I need to go powder my nose. Hermione is a horrible liar, unless she's lying to her daughter, apparently. And why in the fuck was that phone turned up so high? Why didn't you just turn it down low so that you could, I don't know, get, it could vibrate and you can know when you need to leave. She goes and meets with um, the Southside Serpent about the money. Um, Veronica sneaks out and sees it and, you know, she confronts her mom later. Her mom's like, look, your dad is doing his business from jail. We need to, uh, he's taking care of us. We, um, uh, we need the money, but whatever we need to drive in. And so Veronica's like, oh, well. So dad's a bad person. I'm like, girl, shut the hell up. And her mom tells her, look, all that, the the high rise we lived in, the bags you wore, the clothes you wore, you know, the fine dining and the nice cars, it's all paid for by him. She's like, oh, those are just things, which is a real response. But it's like, her mom says, no, that's our life. That's where we come from. We don't know any other way to be. Hell, we've been in Riverdale, let's say a couple weeks now, and she's dressed to the nines every day. You don't see Veronica in a shirt and pants even her bathing suit was like over the top so so now um shit maybe veronica isn't team dad anymore but if she turns against her dad i'm gonna be thoroughly upset because um she is she's the nice girl she's been reported as being the bitch and i haven't seen any bitchiness about her but that's your dad she's some oh this is wrong girl knock it off like if you really have an issue with it you're going to graduate in two years go off to school and never look back at your parents again but for me it that maybe it is in line with her character but i i could care less about it um taking a couple steps back <clears throat> back to the diner uh diner to the drive-in uh, Kevin gets up and uh, after Veronica cusses out the soft side serpents and <clears throat> it's strange to me is that I don't know if they're saying that people from the south side are trash or if the <clears throat> fuck god damn excuse me y'all if you uh or if you're saying that the south side serpents are trash i'm i'm very confused about that and that goes back to that um idea of privilege for me because let's assume that the south side serpents are trash because they're a gang okay that's easy enough but then you're also saying that oh the south side is garbage because it's all this drugs and crime and gang activity in that area well how much money is riverdale putting into the south side how are the schools on the south side what are the job opportunities on the south side like if the south side is such a bad place and R riverdale is going through this citywide gentrification update why is the south side excluded like Again, I know the show is telling us that people from the South Side are bad, but what drives people to do drugs? Where are the drugs coming from? Where, where's this gang activity coming from? Why is it here? Is it because there's no jobs and there's no money and people have to find a way to make money on their own? Like, I don't... 
someone's uh, complaining at the drive-in that, oh, they're making too much noise, and Veronica cusses them out, and then they get quiet and throw popcorn at her, and it's like, oh, I can't believe you, you, you talk to the Southside Serpents that way. What is the issue? Like, you're in a drive-in, just like in a movie theater, somebody's going to be talking and be loud, cuss them out, put them in their place or whatever, but for me, that is not enough to say that things are bad people. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. Like, um, and again, this is me speaking through my own lens and my own upbringing and background, but what about things people makes them have this cultural community of drugs and violence and, and, and gang activity? Like, what, and why is it only isolated to the South Side? Because Kevin said at one point, well, thank God they only stay on the South Side because, I don't know, something about them being bad. I'm like, mm, if that's the case and they're on the south side Riverdale is not a gated community it's just as easy to come to the northeast south or downtown or wherever Riverdale is the wealthy parts and rob somebody there or to steal a car from the driveway like I don't I don't get it I'm not here for it um but Kevin goes to order some snacks and he notices one of the south side serpents or one of the south side characters um Joaquin who is eventually turns out to be Jughead's brother. Um, I don't know if the show wants you to know that yet, but this is clear. I don't know. It, it just makes sense to me that this is somehow related to Jughead. Um, he, they kiss and make out and all this, and then Kevin gives him his number, and he's like, oh, um, Keller as in Sheriff Keller, which is like, this big-ass town only has the one sheriff and, like, unnamed police officers apparently the south side serpents have had run-ins with him but he shows his serpent tattoo and he's like oh i won't tell if you won't but that again goes back to are you saying that the south side is bad or the south side serpents are bad and outside of the money exchange from hermione and the big guy she's been arguing with this whole episode i don't see anything bad that they're doing outside of talking loudly at a movie so I don't it's not believable to me um what else what else do we need to wrap up um let me see oh Alice she and this is my favorite scene here where she shows up to Fred's uh, truck she beats on the window she's like look you with Hermione I'm sorry to interrupt your affair but it's about the kids we need and you need to follow me um they go to we cut to Archie breaking up with Grundy. He says he pawned his guitar to get her this nice ass fucking violin. Ooh, show you how uncultured I am. Um, stick, <laughs> whatever the uh, second part to the instrument that helps make the the, the music go. <laughs> he um buys her a very expensive one, and she's like, "Oh, Archie, you need to do that." And he's like, "Yeah, well, I think we need to end our music lessons." Which, of course, lessons means sex and relationship. And um, she's like, um. Oh, well, you know, this is a breakup. He's like, no, this is a see around town. Please don't forget about me, which is cool. But it's odd. Like, I'm glad this is wrapped up and it's over with. But it still seems so weird because for somebody so adamant about being in a relationship with this woman for so long, she now gives you her backstory and her, you know, the thing that makes her, that has her in your arms to begin with. And now you're breaking it off. And I'm not. I'm not advocating for this relationship, but it just seemed, it didn't seem in line with Archie's thinking from before. Like, I don't, I don't know, because now in my head, even though the relationship is over, I'm thinking, what interesting thing about Archie do we have now? There is no affair. 
there is no gunshot uh, on the 4th of July anymore there's not having sex with anyone because if we now turn to Archie Betty Veronica Love Triangle I'm not going to be here for it that's boring to me now like I don't that's not what I want from this show that's not what I want from these characters I feel like Betty and Veronica work well without Archie and I'd like to see it stay that way um but without Grundy what is he left to do so um as they're breaking up Alice bursts in the door with um Fred and Betty and she's like you know look motherfucker this is a relationship look what's going on blah whatever so this is why again I'm on Alice's side she is exposing this um this relationship that this teacher has with a student and she's like she's in in turn she's also taking care of her child because again if Grundy is doing this with Archie what else has happened what else is going on in this town in this school that I don't know about that can affect my child because I didn't know what was going on or I didn't have a handle on what was going on with Polly and Jason and yes we don't want to compare those two people to Archie and Betty but there is you have to at this point because if if my daughter has a gun in her underwear drawer or t-shirt drawer or whatever drawer it was um, and she also has a diary documenting the gun and the affair at the school what went on that it with Polly that I didn't know about so I to me this seems like rational behavior she is intense and she can be bitch like and I say that in the fondest ways but I don't see anything wrong with, with Alice but then Fred is like um are just trying to defend Grundy he's like no nah, that ain't your job and, Alice, and he seems to be so laid back at this point it's just like Hal, it's um Hal Cooper. It's like mm, you don't have more of a reaction or or uh, uh, um I don't know <clears throat> idea or something about this. Where Alice is like, I wanted to show you, you know how this boy is no good for you, and that, my friends, is where I was not on Team Alice anymore because I get you being upset about the affair and her being an adult and him being a child and, <clears throat> and kind of dealing with that and exposing it but that doesn't mean Archie is a bad person like I don't even I don't see how you make that connection there when Archie's a kid like and then I this scene also was weird to me because I think if the roles were reversed and Grundy was a man and Archie was a, a girl a woman Fred would have hit him um I will suspend belief and say because Archie's mom isn't in the picture that maybe if his mom was there it would have went different and she would have attacked Grundy and maybe this is just me and my own bias thinking that someone would have attacked anyone to begin with but I feel like if this scene was a, a male teacher and a girl student it would be entirely different um so with with the space they had to work in I'm still on Alice's team I don't think um, she need to point the blame at Archie <clears throat> he says he's complicit in the whole relationship and that there's nothing wrong and you know he never says he was ending it but all in all Grundy says she'll quit and um, with her I get that she's like saving herself but with her saying her being the one to say I'll quit not anyone else saying oh you need to quit for me it reads as maybe again I'm thinking too much into it but maybe she had something to do with Jason and his death because now you're so quick to leave town or to quit your job and to leave 
yes, your relationship with Archie has been exposed and whatever. It was over already. But we only a handful of us know who you really are. And if you're going to change your name and be on the run again, you can start over and have a clear conscience. But did you kill Jason? Like, is that what you're running from? I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Maybe she didn't. But, um, yeah, so Betty, um, and this is why I, Betty is a... I don't know. She's she's a she's a student. She's a, a teenager. She says to her mom, you know, don't tell on Miss Grundy because if you do, I'm going to tell everybody that I broke into her car and that you know I made up the relationship and you know I went crazy and they're going to think just like mother like daughter. I snapped just like Polly and that that whole kind of monologue or whatever it's called um, in the acting world kicked me in the chest because it's like. Oh, on the one hand, I'm team mommy dearest because I get that she's a parent. She's trying to take care of her child and she does it in these ways or with this attitude about her that is very vindictive and very um, conniving and sneaky and like <clears throat> hurtful. But she's still at her core doing something to take care of her children. So Betty lashing out, I get that too. It's like that mother daughter bumping heads or parent child thing. But Alice is not being unreasonable here and I don't <clears throat> I don't understand what I get she's trying to Betty in this obsession with taking care of Archie it's my problem because he doesn't feel like I don't feel like he is worth that now if she was doing it for Veronica or Kevin or Jughead I would believe that but for Archie fuck him fuck Archie man um I don't know that so this I think it's my favorite scene. My favorite scene at this point is this Archie breakup slash Alice Cooper Terminator takedown of Grundy. Um, next, we go to the sheriff's house where it's vandalized. I don't really care about that. I probably should because all of his connections to the murder have been like ripped off the wall. But I don't care. At this point, Jason's murder has taken a backseat to all this drama. And I can honestly tell you at this point, I don't care. Maybe next episode I'll give more of a, a fuck about his um murder, but mm -mm, I ain't here for it. <clears throat> Veronica again confronts her mom and she says, "Girl, just what your dad is doing," and that's the end. The next scene is Alice telling Betty how she wants to keep her safe. She's like, "Look, Polly has secrets. I don't want these secrets to come up again and to hurt my other child." Essentially, is what she's saying. Betty's saying to my, what's my name, Mom? It's Elizabeth Cooper, and I'm not Polly, and Archie's not Jason. And it's like, oh, I know the show wants you to be on Betty's side, but I'm not on Betty's side at this point. Betty is clearly dealing with some emotional stuff that she isn't taking care of. And some of it may be due to her mom, but her mom is trying to take care of her minor underage child who's in trying to get her through high school and have her be a better person. So I can't fault Alice for that. She... In this scene, she went from this hard character to more of a softer, like, vulnerable person. And she's like, look, you know, she doesn't say this, but, you know, you may think I'm crazy or, you know, everybody is on me and think my shit is unconventional. But I'm trying to take care of my child, and that's what she's trying to do. So I don't, I don't know. I'm... I can't be against her. Um, I can, however, be against Betty, who started another damn journal. <laughs> and I gave her an aggressive side. I like, girl, if you don't quit it with the journaling, 
just use the notes option on your phone or email yourself or get a whole nother computer a secret computer don't knock it off with this journaling thing I'm, you should be off that if nothing else this episode has proven that you need to stick to uh, the blue and gold newspaper <sighs> so we get to the end and there's this plot twist that seemed very predictable Jughead is living inside of the theater which is why he doesn't want well he probably really doesn't want it to be shut down but it comes out that he's living there and that this shady figure who Hermione has been dealing with this entire episode is Jughead's dad now that was a little anticlimactic it wasn't as powerful or as interesting as the other episodes but this was a very good one um so as usual uh favorite scene is probably the Archie breakup Alice break in <laughs> Grundy scene um but it's neck and neck with Hermione and Mayor McCoy exchanging money for these shady backroom deals although that scene wasn't as long it was two beautiful women of color dressed very nicely doing some shady shit just giving me all kinds of days of our lives general hospital passions dynasty like they i they, they did it for me so it's neck and neck with those two as far as favorite character i'll say betty is probably my favorite because she no well betty is betty betty is my favorite this this episode jughead was pretty good but he was annoying betty did a lot of shit for Archie which I didn't like but she got a lot done this episode um a close second for me is all of the adults because now they have their own goddamn show <laughs> so Betty and the adults are my favorite characters um now who killed Jason Blossom eh, I don't know I'm gonna say Grundy Grundy is the number one for me right now uh close second is Mommy Dearest cause uh I feel like I don't feel like she did it as much now. I feel like she's probably kicking herself for not doing it because that would have been like one of the ultimate ways to be vindicated and take care of her daughter. Um, and with this campaign she has against Archie, it seems like it's kind of Archie is the Jason that she didn't take care of. So I don't really think Mommy Dearest did it, but I'm going to put her at a second because hell who knows with this show third I still have my eye on Polly she's going to show up I'm very confident that Polly's little ass is going to show up somewhere along the line before this season is over and number four is Betty because I mean I feel like Betty is tortured she does not have contact with her sister nobody's acknowledging her issues she feels like she's being controlled like we already see this kind of disassociative um like, I don't want to say disassociative personality, but this kind of split that she has with being Betty and then say, I don't know, uh, Bizarro Betty. I don't know. But yeah, my list firmly for this episode is Grundy at a number one, Mommy Dearest at a close second, then Polly third, and Betty as fourth. Um, so yeah, The Last Picture Show, episode four of. Welcome to Riverdale and episode four of the CW's Riverdale. Man, this was this was up there, so I'm looking forward to next week. Um so until then, um 
I don't know, stay carefree and stay nerdy and I don't know, stay out of your teacher's pants and stay <laughs> stay in the house so you ain't got to live in your uh, at your job or something. I don't know. <laughs> so join me back here next week for the next installment of Welcome to 